Hey guys, what's up and welcome to Taking Over the Photo Pit, a music photography podcast held by yours truly, Boston Schultz. Now this week's episode is special to me because I did my first ever podcast feature slash interview on Kay's podcast called Project Freelance and that was about a year ago and I had so much fun with it and now Kay is finally on my podcast. So I feel like we've gone full circle here and I'm so stoked about this because Kay is an incredible photo video person um, but also a musician and she just kicks ass at everything that she does. So we're gonna dive into how she does everything that she does because trust me there's a lot and she gives a ton of great advice on like how she does everything, how she got started, her whole journey. Um, it's, it's just packed full of good information and I had so much fun talking to her. So I think that this one, you guys will all enjoy listening through the whole thing. So definitely give it a listen. As always, all of Kay's information will be in the description of this podcast and there's definitely going to be links there. So go check those out because she does a lot of cool stuff and I want you guys to all see it. So before I keep rambling, I'm going to cut myself off and we're just going to jump right into this week's episode. Hey Kay, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited for this because I wanted to bring you on because I met you through your podcast and then we met in person at a event for Sigma that feels literally like years ago now. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And what a cool event. Like, first of all, Sigma puts on these amazing events, like just to shout them out real quick. And they reached out and they were looking for like a behind the scenes videographer. And I was like, hey, uh, I do that. Let me, I love your lenses. Like I would yeah. love to come be a part of this. And not only did I meet you there, but I ran into Adam L. Macias there, like yep. all these amazing creators and like, thank you, Sigma. Thank you. Y yeah, yeah, that event was wild. And like everyone was so nice and we got to like look at their new camera. Mm -hmm. And it was just like such a cool little experience for the LA market, but it, that just seems like years ago. And I think it was what, in October or something like that? Yeah. And, like everything is has been wild since then. But we'll get into like the details of like what you've been up to. But for everyone listening, can you just give a quick intro of like who you are, how you got started and like photo video and like where you're at in your career and like what you do? Yeah. So hi, everybody. My name is Kay Anagonio, and I am a freelance videographer, photographer, video editor. Uh, I'm a podcaster. I make music as well. I do a lot of things because I feel like as a freelancer, that's what you're supposed to do. You got to like, do everything. You have to do everything. And not only that, but like I'm very, a big proponent on like having multiple streams of income, because like if you want to oh, build a financially stable future for yourself, you can't just have one job because I mean, for example, look at COVID, like a lot of people got furloughed or laid off from their yeah. one job that they had. And now they're totally like they're up in the air on like what they're supposed to do. And you asked, like, what am I up to now? Like during COVID, I I've been doing a lot more video editing. I've been getting into voiceover work. So I've been doing wow. a lot of audiobooks, things like that for people because everybody brought their stuff online. So I basically just made myself an asset in other ways and now within the past month video work has been picking up again and i've been able to like travel again which is something i love to do as a videographer so 
in the past month, I've shot a music video in Washington. I, I filmed a doctor do like procedures oh in Texas. And then okay. I went up to San Jose to film uh, a piano like online course. So yeah, I've just been busy, busier than ever. Actually, like I've been thriving during COVID. Like I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna be super honest about it. I have been thriving during COVID. That is so nice to hear because one of the things I've like brought up with some of my friends is that like I feel like I'm doing good during this time because I've been staying safe and everything and staying home and I'm getting so much stuff done. Like I've been able to do these calls and like interviews with people and like really get this podcast going, focusing on YouTube, like really learning and like honing down my skills and just like taking advantage of the time. And, yeah. like, I feel bad saying, like, oh, I'm doing great right now. <laughs> right, right. It, it seems so weird because I, I, I totally understand that people are, like, struggling during this time. And especially, like, if you've lost your job yeah. and your area hasn't picked up, I know how frustrating and hard that is. But at the same time, there's a lot to be said for, like, whether or not you can, like, make the most of what time you have. And... You know, we as, like, freelancers, I feel like we complain about time and, like, not yeah. having enough time to do things. And now we're like, oh, wait, we have some time back. <laughs> we have all this time. And, like, we, as freelancers, I've been talking to my other friends that are freelancers. I think that freelancers adapted the fastest when yeah. all of this, like, popped off. Because, like, most of us already partially work from home, you know? And, like as far as like music photography and stuff goes and touring like i my heart goes out to everybody that yeah. tours nine months out of the year you know i mean i've got we've got like bryce hall who is a amazing concert photographer and videographer you've got jar uh and like it's so devastating to see like our friends and crew members that tour that you know are are stuck at home and and that's like so bad for their mental health and like like, yeah, like sure. i said my heart goes out to them because like they're struggling not only you know maybe financially but also like mentally because of this because of the impact this has had on their industry you know yeah and i think the mental health is such an important thing and just like trying to take care of yourself this is really stupid but i'm gonna say it i have downloaded the sims and I've been playing, <laughs> I've been playing The Sims because it's like such a mindless thing. Yeah. But like when you're stressed out, when you need like your your self care time, like find whatever works, you know. And like exactly. for whatever reason, that was The Sims for me. Um, Love it. Wow. Okay. So I'm already off topic. But anyway, <laughs> it's okay. It's a podcast. You're it's allowed a podcast. To go off topic, we're, right? We're just we're here. We're we all, you know, you kind of mentioned a little bit about, like, traveling. Uh, when it comes to, like, your, f like, photo video work, how much of it are you traveling? Like, you don't really tour, do you? Or, like, have you done it in the past? Yeah, so I, when I first, so let me back up a little bit. So I got started with photography first. Um, okay, that was, like, it. the first, before I got into video work. So I was like, oh, I want to be a photographer. And at the time, I so I grew up in partially in Oklahoma. That's where I'm from. But when I was 16, my family moved to the Middle East. So I grew up in Abu Dhabi and I studied film in Dubai. Um, and wow. when I when I graduated high school and my dad was like, you have to get a degree before you do what you want. I was like, well, I'm going to get a degree in film production because that's what I want to do. You know, I, nice. I just like played the game, you know, so 
I remember before I started film school that summer, I took like a photography course, like a, an in-person photography course. It was like a, a group of like, I don't know, 15 people and a, a instructor. And the instructor and I, you know, clicked and he actually brought me on as a production assistant for a sports car photo shoot. So we took these brand new Maseratis out into the desert of Dubai oh with Formula One race car drivers <laughs> and took photos of these cars driving around in the desert for a magazine called Evo Magazine. It's like a British motorsports magazine. And that was my introduction into photography. And I was like, this is the coolest thing oh ever. The coolest thing ever. And then right after that, uh, I turned 18. And for my 18th birthday, my mom took me skydiving at Skydive Dubai. And right at, like they film your jump for you. So like you jump mm -hmm. out of the plane or you fall. They say you don't jump out of the plane, you fall out of the plane. So <laughs> when you do your skydive, they have somebody go in front of you and they're filming your skydive experience okay and so we were waiting in the hangar for our video to be edited and there was a skydiver that was like hanging out next to us and he was looking at some of his footage and i was like hey like what are you doing and he said oh i'm uh I i'm looking at my footage i really want to edit this into like a reel but i don't know how to edit like i'm not an editor i just shoot a bunch of footage and then i just have all this footage and I had been making YouTube videos for a couple years because I had been vlogging daily life of me living in the Middle East as like an American with a bright red mohawk and tattoos. I thought it was like kind of interesting, <laughs> you know? So I I was like, oh, I can edit your video. And he was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll send you the footage. I was like, no, I can edit it for you right now. So I sat on the floor and edited him like a, a three minute demo reel and then like two weeks later, I get a phone call and Skydive Dubai was like, hey, we want to bring you on as an intern videographer and editor. Do you want to come intern here? And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so simultaneously, I started film school in Dubai. And every day after school, I would go to the skydive drop zone and I would film stock footage. I would edit oh videos and I would go skydiving. Like I would get to just go skydiving for free just because I was an intern there. So my like 18th 19th birthday like those were like absolutely insane i met the prince of dubai like i got to do all kinds of really cool stuff um i got to interview the guy that skydived from space i don't know if you saw that oh, his name yeah. was felix baumgartner uh he skydived from space it was sponsored by red bull so i got to interview him and i asked him because i was a kid i was like how many times did you have to pee <laughs> <laughs> he said four and I was like, oh, this is great. Oh, God. So grew up in Dubai and then moved to Australia, joined a band in Australia, started shooting concerts in Australia um, at a venue called YMCA HQ. And it's kind of like a very well-known venue HQ. Uh, it's just one of those. It's like Chain Reaction, you know. It's, it's okay. their Chain Reaction in Australia. And so I started shooting concerts. And while I was doing that, I was uploading vocal covers to YouTube because like I said I also do music um, mm -hmm. and a lot of the bands that would come over from America to play in Australia knew me from my YouTube videos and they would let me they would like invite me to photograph their set so this is how I got my name out there as like a music photographer and a vocalist because I would also do like guest vocals sometimes you know on stage and then I moved to back to America. I came out to California in 2014 
And I went on my first tour as a photographer, videographer for a band called Breathe Till Dawn. They're no longer a band, but um, that was my first tour. And so I've toured like on and off for the past couple of years. Um, I toured with Escape the Fate, New Year's Day. Um, I did Warp Tour 2017 with Alternative Press as their correspondent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the beginning of this year, right before COVID hit, I went on tour as a videographer for a band called Red Handed Denial and a Japanese band called Acme. So I, I tour on and off. I would like to do more touring stuff, but uh, right now there's, there's no touring happening. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you touched on a lot of stuff, but uh, just to, like, dig into a few things really yeah. quick, you were saying, like, so you had photography and then video work and then being a musician. What, like, were you always drawn to the music industry as, like, a musician and that's what, like, brought you into, like, wanting to do photo and video in the music industry or did that all kind of, like, come at the same time? It kind of all came at the same time, honestly. Like, so I, like I said, I I do a lot of vocal covers. That's kind of what I'm known for as far as like music goes, uh, vocal covers and original music. Um, And people might know me as Kay the Female Screamer. That's like my tag username, whatever. And it's been (laughs) like that for years. So um, I, I started screaming when I was like 14. Like I figured out that I could metal scream and I was like, Oh God, this is, I'm going to do this. This is going to be the thing to do. You know? So I, I started uploading vocal covers and collaborating with other artists and I was filming my videos and I kind of just picked up like a little Canon power shot. You know, that's kind of what I started on and I just filmed my own videos. And then when I moved to Australia, I got my first, um, my first camera i had a canon six wait what was it canon 60d canon i I don't even remember what it was (laughs) i don't know one of the old models of canon right and it only shot photo and i really wanted something that shot video as well so when i moved back to america i upgraded to the 6d the canon 6d and that shoots video and photo so when i moved here i was like okay i want to shoot concert photography i would love to do more of this what what should i do like how should i get involved in this i don't i didn't know anybody here i knew one band they were called hardest and they're from orange county and they were the only people i knew like literally when i moved here their guitar player picked me up from the airport and like showed me around you know and i was like i had heard about chain reaction because like i said chain reaction is like a very well-known venue across the world really people all around the world know what chain reaction is because so many amazing bands got their start there Mm -hmm. Uh, like of mice and men and like tons tons of bands so i was like i'm gonna move down the street from chain reaction and i'm just gonna walk there and take photos And at Chain Reaction, it was a small venue, so they didn't care if you walked in with a camera. You know, you didn't need a press pass or anything. So for those of you out there that are, like, listening to this that may be wondering, how do I get started in concert photography? Find a venue where you don't need a press pass. Just find a small venue where you can bring your camera in, snap some shots, go home, edit those shots, upload them to Instagram, tag the bands, and that's how you get started. Literally, that's it's so simple. So that's mm-hmm. what I did. And from there, I, I started meeting bands. I started meeting touring artists and then just 
through like making connections, I started getting touring gigs, you know? So, um, that's, uh, it, it all, it, to answer your question, it all happened kind of simultaneously over the course of a couple of years. Yeah. And how you were just saying your start with like going in and finding a venue that like doesn't need a photo pass and then just shooting and like really building up your portfolio and stuff. Yeah. That's exactly how I started too. I started at a venue, I think it's called Blackthorn 51 in Queens, New York. Nice. And I love that place, super tiny and just like let me do whatever. And it was fantastic. And like, if you find a place like that, you can really build up your portfolio and like, oh, yeah. get started. And then also those small clubs and stuff, you'll be able to meet the bands. So then you're networking and doing all of that. And then that gets you into touring. And yeah, it's exactly. great, great advice. Um, I ask a lot about like whether or not people shoot mostly there seems to be two sides of it that people shoot mostly for bands and like working with bands directly or like working with publications and it looks like you focus a lot with just like working directly with the bands mm -hmm. but you also worked with alternative press and right. I wanted to talk about that like how did that opportunity come about like what did you do with them and like yeah. what did you learn from that whole experience because that sounded really really cool to me yeah, so as a music photographer, one of my goals, and I think this is for any music photographer really, is to shoot for Alternative Press Magazine. Yeah. You know, it's a huge goal for people. And um, so in 2014, when I moved to America and went on that first tour, I also hit up Kevin Lyman. I found his email online and I was like, hey, Kevin, uh, I just moved back to America. I would love to come photograph Van's Warp Tour. Is there mm -hmm. any chance I can get a photo pass to shoot Van's Warp Tour? And I think this this has been the story for a lot of music photographers out there. They just, you know, hit up Kevin or hit up the press contact at Warp Tour and uh who's Steph Mursky and uh they just ask like, "Hey, can I get a photo pass?" and Kevin told me, "Yeah, come to as many shows as you want." So literally that summer I went to like 6 dates of Warp Tour. <laughs> I oh did all gosh. the Texas dates, all the Florida dates, and then I went on tour with that band I was talking about, Breathe Till Dawn, and they played a date of Warp Tour, so I went to that date as well. So I just kept shooting Warp Tour that summer. So I met, you know, a lot of photographers during that time and fast forward a couple years to the end of 2016, um I was finishing up a tour with, you know, Escape the Fate, New Year's Day, and then I had shot a music video for Lacey Sturm, who used to be in the band Flyleaf. Uh, she, we connected I uh, on the summer festival circuit while I was with Escape the Fate and New Year's Day, and her manager hit me up two weeks before tour ended and said, hey, we love your photos. We would love to fly you out to, uh, to Pittsburgh to film Lacey's music video for her first single that's coming out and as a female metal screamer I looked up to Lacey when she was in Flyleaf and I was yeah. like super excited that she was making more music you know so uh, right after that tour ended flew out filmed that music video and then at the end of 2016 I got a phone call from Bryce Hall who I was talking about earlier and he was like hey he was working at AP at the time uh doing like social media stuff so he was like, hey, uh, would you want to go on Warp Tour next summer as AP's correspondent? And I had previously seen like Nick Major do it. And, you know, I'd seen 
Tori uh, Kravitz do all the monster pit blog stuff. And I was like, yes, I would absolutely love to come out and be the correspondent for, for AP on Warp Tour. And I had always wanted to do the whole entire Warp Tour, but I had never had the opportunity. And this just kind of fell in my lap through networking and, and you know, contacts and stuff. So I said, yes, 100%, let's do it. And then from that point on, I started shooting content, like behind the scenes content for AP. So the first shot, the first shoot I did was uh, behind the scenes of Black Veil Brides Alternative Press cover shoot. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was my first, <laughs> my, the first thing I did. And mind you, like ever since I started doing music, people have been telling me that I look like the female version of Andy Beersack. I don't, I don't see it. I think we look totally different, but it's whatever. That's what people say. So I got to do that. It was like a really cool opportunity to, you know, meet that band and shoot behind the scenes. And the photographer on that set was Grizzly Martin and yeah. he's huge in, you know, music photography. He's not really doing it so much now. He's gotten more into like, uh, building out cafes and bagel shops and coffee shops and stuff which is super cool you know he's kind of made this like pivot into another realm that he loves but he was super well known as a, a concert photographer and a, a lifestyle photographer magazine photographer so it was cool to work with him and um so I did that first shoot with them and then AP told me that Andy Biersack was going to be the uh, host of the APMAs in 2017 mm -hmm. And so they asked me if I wanted to film the announcement video, which was basically a video with All Time Low, who was the previous year's host, handing off the torch to Andy. Mm -hmm. So we filmed that video at Kevin Lyman's house, <laughs> <laughs> which was like just full, it came full circle. So I was like, Kevin Lyman, thank you for letting me shoot Warp Tour. Now I'm gonna be on Warp Tour. Like the, it was yeah. absolutely just an insane experience. and. So I came into that shoot, the handoff shoot, with my Canon 6D, and Bryce was there. Bryce Hall was there, and he had a Sony A7S II. Mm -hmm. And I know one of your questions is about, like, what, what do I shoot on? What do I yeah. prefer? Uh, so he was like, do you want to shoot this video on the A7S II? It shoots in 4K. And I was like what else can it do? And he was like, oh, it shoots slow-mo as well. I was like, oh my God, I'm, ah, yeah, slow-mo. Cause slow-mo was like the shit in 2017. You know what I mean? Like everybody was shooting slow-mo everything. All the vlogs on YouTube, just slow-mo slow footage, all just slow-mo all the time. And it was great. People loved it, you know? It was like the thing to do. So I ended up doing that shoot with the Sony. And then, uh, Andy then did a video with Austin from Water Parks in a journey store where mm. they were just like interacting, talking about the APMAs and like all that stuff. So I ended up filming that as well. So basically throughout the end of 2016, all the way through the summer of 2017, I was basically just shooting a bunch of stuff with Andy Biersack. <laughs> and it was so cool. It was so rad to, you know, get to know him. And he's such a cool person and like, He's this like rock, like ultra mega rock star that like his fans yeah. are so dedicated to. And it was cool to see him on like a human personal level, For not sure. as like Andy Black, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so we do like the APMA stuff and then Warp Tour starts. So I jump on Warp Tour 
And can I tell you, it was the greatest experience and the worst experience I've ever had. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just because, like, Warp Tour is like a roller coaster. It's hot. Everybody's pissed off all the time because it's hot. <laughs> so there's drama. I was on a bus with, like, 16 people, and 12 of them were girls. So imagine being shoved in a bus <laughs> with 12 girls. <laughs> Oh my God, drama, drama, <laughs> drama. But like, it was so much fun at the same time. You know, I got yeah. to network with a bunch of bands. I got to meet Futuristic and Watsky. And I really want to get into like rap music, like, because let's be real here rap music makes more money than rock music does. Mm -hmm. So I would love to get into the rap world. Um, yeah. So I networked with them, hung out with them a lot. And like, that whole summer was amazing. I got to jump off of Warp Tour for a couple of days because the X Games called AP and they were like, hey, can we have your correspondent come out and shoot behind the scenes at the X Games in Minneapolis? And I love sports. And I was like, let's go. Let's freaking do this. So I fly out to Minneapolis for three days, which was a nice little like vacation from Warp Tour and yeah. like all the, all the people, honestly, and the heat. I had a hotel room. Like, it was sick. It was sick. So... I shoot behind the scenes for the practice days of the X Games, not even the actual X Games. I got to meet the competitors like Ryan Sheckler, Nyjah Houston, like all these amazing athletes. And like, yeah. I got to, you know, run around with my camera, have a blast, a day to remember played. So I got to photograph a day to remember. Oh and my like, gosh. my God, it was, it was such a cool summer. And then we did the APMAs. So I shot behind the scenes at the APMAs. And then after that summer, uh, AP kind of put all their content on the back burner. So they're not really doing as much like correspondent stuff now or like behind the mm -hmm. scenes stuff now just because of like, you know, budgeting or, or scheduling or like whatever reason they just want to kind of go in a different direction. Um, and so since the end of that summer, I haven't really done anything with AP, but I mean, it was such a cool experience and I would love to do more correspondent work. Um, and since then I've done a little bit of correspondent work for like, uh, like I covered this event called the Supergirl Surf Pro, which is an all female surfing competition down in Oceanside. Very cool. And so I got to make like a behind the scenes video for that. And that was really cool, but I would definitely love to do more like correspondent work because I mean, I, I am, I was a vlogger for yeah. like four or five years. I did every single day for a thousand days, you know, like oh my God. it was crazy. Okay. It was absolutely crazy. And I, I definitely hit a wall. I got burned out on vlogging yeah. and I, I had to tell my audience, I was like, guys, I, I just can't, I can't do this anymore, you know, yeah. but it was, it was a cool experience, you know, not only working with AP, but also vlogging every single day, you know, it was, it was such a really really cool experience and then once I got off of Warp Tour my freelance stuff outside of music started picking up more so okay, I started building like a local clientele base here in California um, and I started shooting more like commercial videos corporate videos um, like just more <laughs> higher budget stuff basically yeah. like stuff that had a budget and for those of you out there that are wondering like, where do you get your gigs from? So most of it's word of mouth or social media. Yeah. Um, but I get like 30 to 40% of my work from a website called upwork.com. Um, it's a freelancing website. 
They have freelancing gigs for video, photo, audio engineering, animation, uh, graphic design, screenwriting, legal stuff. Basically anything you could do freelance, they have work for you. People post up their gigs and you basically like pitch yourself to them. And so I get like 40% of my work from Upwork and the rest of it is through word of mouth. Wow. Yeah. I've heard of Upwork, but I haven't, like, looked into it on my own. That's really cool that you get that much work from yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, so on my profile, it actually shows you, like, how much, how many jobs you've done, how many hours you've logged, how much money you've made on the site. So I've made over 30 grand on Upwork, which is wow. massive, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, everything that you said about working with Alternative Press <laughs> and, like, Warp Tour, I've mentioned this before on this podcast, but I never shot shot Warp Tour, and it's so funny because it seems like almost like a rite of passage for, for sure. photographers <laughs> to for sure. shoot Warp Tour, and I'm like, yeah, never done it. <laughs> I'm oh, still here. Poor but, thing. Uh, <laughs> but, but I get it, you know? Like, not everybody gets to do it, and for those of for those photographers that did get a chance to do it, like those memories will, you know, yeah, last us a lifetime. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But that's that's so cool to have that opportunity and then to like do so much with it and like mm-hmm. really scale it up. And that's such a great like networking opportunity to oh, like, yeah. you know, meet all of those people and then they know who you are. So it's like yep. moving forward, you have all of these things. Uh, you mentioned this a little bit that like the correspondence stuff seems a lot like vlogging yeah and you were doing your YouTube channel for a while so like your YouTube channel do you do a lot with photography or is that like because you've had it for a while and it seems like your <laughs> yeah. you know your life has changed over mm-hmm. the years so it's like what was like your primary focus with like YouTube and like how has that changed and like what do you use it with like now so I so I have two YouTube channels. One of them is for all my music stuff. So Got my vlog or not my vlogs, my my covers and my original music goes up on my K the Screamer official YouTube channel. Um, so that's one thing, and that's that's ever present. That's that hasn't stopped. I took like a couple years off, but I just teamed up with a uh, a writer music producer named Ryan Cunningham uh, about two and a half years ago. And he now does all of the instrumentals for all of my covers. So I used to just do vocals over top of the original song and I would get copyright infringement all the time. Totally. Because because that's (laughs) YouTube, you know? But now I have Ryan and Ryan is such a great musician and he can crank out covers like that. And like, just to talk a little bit more about, you know, YouTube and social media and that kind of thing, like I... I was trying to figure out how to grow my YouTube channel because it was kind of like plateauing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And YouTube is really difficult to grow, especially Mm -hmm. now because it's so oversaturated. And I have a manager for my music stuff, uh, my management company or the management company that I'm under is 10 and 8 Management. And my manager, Nicholas Mishko, he was saying, you need to get on TikTok. And I was like, what? I was like, I don't dance, Mishko. I'm not getting on TikTok. Like, it's not happening. Like, I'm not a dancer. That's what TikTok is. But uh, contrary to popular belief, there is more on TikTok than just dance videos. So he was like, you need to find your niche and just hone in on it and go for it. So 
what I do now on TikTok, and I just passed 100,000 followers on TikTok, which is the fastest growing social media I've ever had, ever. Yeah. Like, I've never seen engagement like this. And so what Ryan and I do twice a week, and now we're trying to up it to three times a week, we find the trending songs on Mm -hmm. TikTok, and we turn them into metal versions. Because I realized that the metal community on TikTok didn't have any music to use for their videos. So we're providing them music for their videos. So like we just did a cover of WAP by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. So that comes out next week. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's probably my favorite cover we've done. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, so, so that's what I do with like music stuff. And oh, also for people that are like, how do you make money on TikTok? Once you hit a hundred thousand, you get access to TikTok's creator fund. They have like a billion dollars to give out to creators. So every day, based on your engagement, they pay you out. Oh, it's sick. Okay. So everybody needs to get on TikTok immediately. <laughs> I know this is one thing that like when I was thinking about like what I wanted to ask you about because I were obviously friends on Facebook and right. I was like you post all the time about TikTok. I'm like, oh my god, I do not want to get on TikTok because I love it. But at the same time, I have the same like impression as you. I'm like, I don't, I don't dance. Right. I'm, I'm not doing this. <laughs> and um, kind of like to your point, you were saying like find a niche and like mm-hmm. go for it. Mm-hmm. Like I just have no idea what I do. But at the same time, it's like it is still growing. Yeah. And it's really hard to find a social media platform that's like good for you that is still growing. Right. That all being said, are you worried about TikTok leaving the United States? Uh, not really. I mean, so they just uh, filed a lawsuit against the U.S. government um, because they're trying to ban TikTok here. Um, yeah. Microsoft is talking about potentially buying TikTok. Um, my manager is in talks with TikTok on a regular basis. They're nice. not worried about it. So I don't think TikTok's going anywhere, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think it's... I mean, I think the reason that, you know, our darling dear El Presidente doesn't (laughs) like it is because we can spread information faster than the news. Like, for example, look at the Black Lives Matter movement. That was huge on TikTok. That's how everyone Uh got their information about all the things the police were doing, the protesters, about what was going on in the news. Like, I... And we can make memes about Trump. So, I mean, that's... Yeah, I think he's just mad about the memes, I think he's just butthurt. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a big baby. Um, But, yeah, so that's the music side of stuff. And then my other channel, Just the Letter K, is where I post my vlogs. It's where I post lifestyle content, behind-the-scenes content. And as of the past couple of years, I've kind of pivoted. I used to do a lot of LGBT content, but I didn't really want to be known as the lesbian on youtube so (laughs) so i started in 2016 i really started exploring abandoned places Mm -hmm. it's something i love doing i've been doing it since i was a kid but in 2016 i met up with a group of people at a photography meetup in los angeles and we got to talking about abandoned places and i was like i wonder if there's any abandoned things in la you know there's so many abandoned there's things there's so <laughs> many abandoned things in la you guys there's a 17 story abandoned hospital in la and you wouldn't even know it was there unless you knew it was there 
Yeah. Like you, it just looks like a normal hospital, but it's completely abandoned and it's beautiful inside. Um, so yeah, in 2016, I started exploring abandoned places and documenting it. Mm-hmm. So I put those videos up on the Just the Letter K YouTube channel. So now it's mostly like urban exploration, travel yeah. content, behind the scenes content, that kind of stuff. Basically a place where my videography lives. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that because I saw your photo book that you did Mm -hmm. of the urban exploring, and it is stunning. And I think that photo books, to me, are, like, such a good revenue stream, even if it's just, like, even if you're not making, like, a ton of money off the book itself, it, again, goes to, like, the networking and getting your work in front of people. So, like, how did you decide on just making a photo book? You were just like, look, I have all of these photos. I'm going to do something with it. And then, like, what tips do you have for people who might be thinking about, like, putting together a photo book? Like, how long did it take you? Like, all of that. So, I... Like you said, like, you were like, did you just have all these photos? Yeah, I had hundreds, thousands of photos from abandoned places, and I've got some of them printed out on my walls because I've done, you know, a a raw artist art show, so I got a bunch of my stuff printed out, and I know you've been involved in that kind of stuff as well. Um, And so I I follow this guy on Instagram. His name is Seth Lawless, and he's known for his urban exploration photography. He's been printed in like magazines and he's been featured in like the news and Disneyland has banned him for life because he snuck into an abandoned Disneyland and took photos and posted them online and they were like how dare you show that we have an abandoned theme park you're banned for life and I was like I like this guy I'm gonna follow him (laughs) so Seth makes his money primarily on selling prints of his photo books So he's got, like, an abandoned theme parks photo book. He's got an abandoned malls photo book. He's got, like, I don't know, seven or ten urban exploration photography books. And so I was super inspired by him. And I was like, you know what? If Seth can do it, I can do it. (laughs) So I spent about, I think, like, four months putting together a photo book. I kind of, like, stretched it out, you know, because I wanted it to be perfect. And it's still not perfect like I I still want to make some tweaks I might do like a second edition of it um and I would just say like advice for people wanting to make a photo book like first of all pick the best of the best photos obviously um some people want to put like for me like I have like stories of these explorations in the book Uh some people just want to put photos in the book like it just depends on what you want to do but I would say pick up a couple photo books, you know, check them out, see what other people are doing, see what, you know, the language is like, like, uh, maybe hire an editor, something I didn't do. I was like, I'm just going to edit my own book, but you should hire an editor. Like, honestly, like just pay somebody to read over your stuff and make sure it makes sense. Cause like when we're reading our own words back to ourselves, like it sounds good to us, but like, it might not make sense to somebody else, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, so that's something, and there's, like, one page <laughs> one page in the book where I'm literally, it's, like, two lines, and then the same two lines repeated again. <laughs> because I, like, overlooked it or, like, whatever. Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, if you see it, 
you know it's in front of you and you're familiar with it even like yeah. photos like yeah. I've I've seen photo books where people have placed the same photo right twice. <laughs> right and I'm like oh honey like sorry <laughs> but you, you really needed to like have someone review this but yep, straight yeah up. D- editors are a good decision yeah so that's like if I could go back and like tell myself one thing it would be like just pay somebody to edit the book like it'll be worth it you know and when I so the main reason so the main reason I actually made my photo book aside from Seth is a publishing company hit me up and they were like hey do you want to do an abandoned places book uh published under us we'll give you like two percent and I was like fuck that <laughs> like i'm gonna make my own book with my own photos and make all make of all the, the money <laughs> yeah make a hundred percent and you can go fuck yourself <laughs> so that's what 2%. i did you know percent i'm exaggerating it was probably like five five or ten percent i mean that's like, not really that's not great yeah. not great <laughs> it wasn't great and i was like that seems ridiculous i'm gonna do this myself and since then, I've made a couple grand off of selling the books, which is huge, you know? Like, yeah. that's that's more than I thought I would ever sell of this book. And, like, I've made up the costs of printing them and um, yeah. for, like, distribution and that kind of stuff. Like, so I went through bookbaby.com to print my books. Um, it was, like, the best quality and the they would meet my minimum because I didn't want to get, like, thousands of books printed because yeah, I knew I couldn't sure. afford it. So I did, like, I think I did, like, 60 books at a time, you know, and I've ordered a couple times through them. Um, And so that was, like, their minimum. It was 50 or 60. So I was looking for somebody that could print the minimum, and they've been super good and helpful. Like, customer service is great, that kind of thing. So definitely look for, like, a really good option when it comes to printing your stuff. Um, If you do get approached by a publisher, maybe try to, like, get a bigger percentage, you know, um i recently started a second podcast so i have two podcasts one's about freelancing which you've been on um, Mm -hmm. called project freelance and i recently started a second podcast about urban exploration uh, called no tracers and that's also the title of my book no tracers and urban explorers diary um so on no tracers i interview urban explorers from around the world and ask them about their explorations and it's super cool and it's also an opportunity for me to network with them because like if i go to the uk i have four people i can hit up and be like yo let's go explore some stuff you know and like it's been amazing so recently i spoke with this girl named jen brown xo and she has done one book through a publisher and she's working on finishing up her second book through the same publisher and she's had great success with like that kind of stuff through a publisher it just depends on who the publisher is really so do your due due diligence and research who these people are before you like jump into the deep end with them yeah for sure and contract negotiation is like a huge deal in like every industry so it's like for sure get familiar with your contracts and like what you're signing and what you're agreeing to and like what you're getting out of it because they'll bury things like that that they'll be like 
oh, you'll get, maybe they'll say like a nice percentage, but buried in the contract, it'll say something about like, after all of these other fees, right. and then it just like cuts down on the revenue. And it's like, you really got to know what you're getting yourself into, yeah. which is wild. And I hate people and <laughs> corporations and stuff yep. that do that. But like, yeah. Yeah, it's not like the terms and conditions when you get an iPhone, guys. Like, you actually need to read the contracts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we've now talked about, like, you know, you just brought up your podcasts, plural, two of them, and then your YouTube channels, two of them, because you have, you know, your music stuff, you have, you know, TikTok going on. How do you how do you have time for freelance work on top of this? So freelance work is my main source of income, obviously. So I focus primarily on that. But to be honest with you, I don't have an off switch. Got it. I just yep. go, 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 go. Like, for example, uh, over this past weekend, I went up to Simi Valley, which is like an hour and a half drive mm -hmm. away from me, to film robots for a robotics company. They build giant like robots for like <laughs> medical supplies and like multi-million dollar machines. And okay. I'm basically making like how it's made videos for them, like the process of these machines. It's super cool and like robots are tight. So it's, <laughs> it's fun and it pays really well. So I did that right after I finished that shoot I went over to my friend Lenny's house and Lenny is a music producer, Lenny J. And we recorded two songs, uh, vocals for two songs for my band Chasing Satellites right after I got done freelancing. So I literally freelanced, grabbed a sandwich, went to Lenny's house, ate my sandwich, recorded vocals, went back home, started editing stuff, you know? And then like the, I, I'm constantly applying for new gigs every single day. I spend at least an hour applying for new gigs online yeah. um, or networking or uh, hitting up people through Instagram to see if they want to be on my podcast because my podcasts, I have two of them, right? I have one show comes out every Monday. The other show comes out every Friday. So I have to have guests for these shows. Yeah. So I'm constantly looking on Instagram to find people for my shows. And so some advice I would give to people if you're, trying to do multiple things at once, if you can backlog your content. So like, for example, if you wanted to start a podcast, don't just start a podcast, record 10 episodes of your podcast and then start putting your podcast out because yeah. then you'll at least have 10 weeks worth or 10 months worth, depending on how often you want to upload. Um, so definitely backlog content. And this morning, right before this podcast, um, I did an episode of my show Project Freelance with Shandan, who is the president of SBG Records. Um, he's also worked with Artery. He's also worked with like Century Media. He's worked with a bunch of labels. He's also a music video director. And he recently helped Slaves out with their new album release, which has been wildly successful. Mm -hmm. And so he was saying how they filmed like nine music videos in a week. And they drip, they, so they backlogged all this content during COVID, and then they just every month, like every couple of weeks, would like drop a music a video one. up to their release of the album, and it was it was like flawless, and all because they put in the work ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do that for like this podcast too. I'll email a whole bunch of people and like get it all like piled up mm. if I know that like something else is coming up that like needs my time and stuff. 
but I think that it's it's really like refreshing for me to talk to people like you that do a lot because I feel like I do a lot mm. and then like I'm ar- around people that like don't necessarily do a lot and then it's like kind of brings me down and then I talk to someone who is doing a lot and then I'm like oh I can do so much more and then hype myself up so it's really cool to like be around other people that are doing all of these things because then it also gives you like the motivation um, for sure just like the I don't know it's almost like a weird like mental self-care to like yeah. be around people that are also motivated and then you're just like yeah I can do this now yeah. and there's a saying that you are the five closest you are the culmination of the five closest people to you so if the five closest people to you aren't motivating you supporting you pushing you forward and you know on the same playing field as you find new people yeah and like like you said, it's like a mental self-care to talk to other people that are doing a bunch of stuff and that are, you know, successful at it in any facet. It's so true. Like I surround myself with people that are also freelancers that also make music that are also pushing forward and have goals and ambitions and drive because that motivates me to do stuff, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a huge factor in what I do and how I'm able to do it is I've got other people around me doing it. And so I'm like, I better keep going. Yeah. And I watch a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk content and he's always like, just do con, just make content all the time. And I'm like, okay, Gary, I will. I will make content all the time. Thank you. (laughs) All of the content. And also like in an oversaturated market, like we're talking about YouTube being super saturated, like literally every social media, there's so much content out there. There's so much on the in the world that it's like you have to put out a lot to even make a dent in it you know to like be any sort of visible so it's like yeah you could do a little bit but like barely anyone's gonna notice it or see Mm -hmm. it because you gotta do a lot to make a big impression and collaborate collaborate with other people is huge like for example i don't know when this episode's coming out but um on monday the 31st of august i'm releasing three covers with three women on youtube so we're all vocalists and we're releasing three covers across our three channels on the same day and we're just gonna break the internet we're just gonna break it because people have been asking us to collaborate again we haven't done it in like six years like the last time we collabed we covered a volume song called erased and so we are redoing that cover and we're re-releasing it and man, I'm so excited for the feedback. I can't, like, I cannot wait for that day. It's going to be absolutely mad. Well, this podcast is probably going to come out the following day, the 1st Perfect. of September. So everyone that's listening, go check out all of the songs that Kay just mentioned. Yep. And we'll break the internet. Make yep. sure that everyone's watching it. I'm that sounds awesome i i love collaborating with people i mean that's kind of the whole point of like my podcast is to Mm -hmm. like talk to other people and like just promote and work with other people um in whatever way i can during this weird covid time so like collaboration is definitely huge yeah um I'm very curious to know what, like, your personal, like, success goals are. Like, 
like I hate asking you know the like where do you see yourself in 10 years but like (laughs) Kay where do you see yourself in 10 years (laughs) so I am a big fan of Elon Musk Um, if you guys don't know who he is uh, he created PayPal he created Tesla he created SpaceX Solar Mm. City or if it like He's creating an AI company, uh, the boring company. He's digging tunnels under LA and Vegas and yeah. stuff. He's doing a lot of things. I would love to be a content creator for him. One of my goals oh, is yes. to film a week in the life of Elon Musk. I think it would be so cool to fo- film like a behind the scenes vlog style content video about what he does in a week. You know, it would be super cool. So that's a huge goal of mine. Uh, shooting content for any of his companies, Tesla, SpaceX, especially SpaceX. I'm a big space fan. I've always been a fan of space. Um, In 2000, was it last year? I I don't even know because of COVID. Like, I don't even know when things happened, but I'm pretty sure it was the beginning (laughs) of last year. I actually got invited to go to NASA and film behind the scenes at NASA. Um, So I flew to Florida, went to Kennedy Space Center. It was actually for a SpaceX rocket launch. And unfortunately they pushed the rocket launch and I missed it, but I made a bunch of connections with rocket photographers in Florida. So anytime I wanna go shoot a rocket, I can go out there with them. They'll show me the ropes, all that stuff. And so yeah, a huge goal of mine is to do rocket photography and shoot for SpaceX. And um, not only that, I would love to shoot for Nat Geo or Discovery Channel or BBC Earth. You know, wildlife documentary stuff is is really cool to me. I would love Mm -hmm. to do some of that. and then personal life, I would like to eventually, you know, find and find a partner in crime. You know, I would love to get married one day, have a house, have a bunch of reptiles and cats and that kind of thing and have like a stable income. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do have a stable income, but I mean, like a financially secure future is a big goal of mine. Um, and I just want to keep making content and like I love I love what I do and every single day I get to do something different which is the most exciting part of being a freelancer you know I don't I'm not pinned to a nine-to-five job where I hate what I'm doing like I've tried that lifestyle and like it made me very depressed you know I can't do the nine-to-five thing like I just can't like the commute every day to the same place to the desk in the dark room like I'm not I'm not a fan every day I get to wake up get out of my bed walk over to my desk and start working immediately. And that's what I love to do. And like, right after we get off this podcast, I'm gonna edit a music video and then I'm gonna edit a video for a a lady who created a website for black owned businesses. It's like a directory for black owned businesses. And then I'm also gonna edit an online course that I filmed. And so I'm gonna be doing like four or five different things today that are all very exciting and, and, fun to work on and it's it's a challenge every day and I absolutely love what I do and what I would say to people is like find what you love and let it consume you yeah yeah for sure I love all of that especially that you're just gonna like go knock out a ton more stuff after this you're like I'm still going still going I woke up at six this morning and I'm still going I might play some more Sims after this. Yes, <laughs> right? I'm like, listen, my PlayStation is like covered in dust right now. And I feel so bad for Dark Souls because I haven't finished Dark Souls 3 and I need to finish it. But like, I'm stuck on this level and I can't get out of it. And I'm like, it's so frustrating. Ugh. God, video games. I love video games. games and I wish I would let myself like, that's one thing I'll say. 
I wish I gave myself more downtime. Like, I don't take breaks, like I said. Like, I don't have an off switch. Because whenever I'm, like, watching Netflix or playing a video game, I'm like, but I could be working right now. You know? I have this, like, guilt. Like, this, this horrible guilt that, like why aren't you working right now and trying to make more money? (laughs) Yeah, I have the same thing, but I've realized that I can like, I don't know, like settle it down if I'm doing like crafting hobbies. Mm. So like I can like watch like YouTube or something and like chill out as long as I'm crafting. Like there's something that's like the physicalness of something like distracts me from the fact that I'm not like, moving forward like something that can make me money or like move my goals forward so like I do that which looks like when I'm doing it it doesn't look like I'm relaxed because I'll have like (laughs) all of my like paints in front of me and I'm like watching like criminal minds or something and I also am like cross stitching or like some sort of like needlepoint and it's just like it looks crazy but it's it's funny to like find things that like calm you Mm -hmm. to like give you that off switch because I I know that I need it um but definitely like just keep moving on things I I love that you're just so motivated and just like taking you know another step forward each day I think that's awesome okay so this is my favorite question of the podcast and everyone listening if you've listened to my other ones you know what question this is this is the have you experienced any like prejudices sexism anything like bad from working in the industry and like all industries i'll caveat this saying like every industry has something bad in it but I got faced with a lot of sexism when I started. And I think I mentioned this on your podcast that like I told my whole story of like how I got started and everything. And it was pretty based off of like sexism and me working around it. Um, And I'll maybe tell that story on this podcast another time. But I wanted to hear from you, like whether or not you had, you know, any bumps in the road. Did you experience any sort of prejudices like anything like that happened to you in the industry that you have advice around uh like tips stories whatever you Mm -hmm. want to talk about so i have never i don't think i've ever faced like sexism or anything like that like directly in person like face to face no one's ever been like you're a girl you can't do this job you know I, I'm sure people have said stuff like behind my back or like to other people but like the main thing like I'll say is that like on YouTube specifically the number one word used on my YouTube channel is fag like oh yeah like you can censor that if you want I don't know how you feel about it but like yeah that's like the number one word used on my YouTube channel to describe me and like at the end of the day it's just a stupid person making a stupid comment and like i always have some like witty reply which is like my favorite thing to do like especially (laughs) on tiktok like i did a cover of cream by iggy azalea and it almost has a million views on tiktok right now and now we're starting to get all the hate comments from like the hip-hop community because it's like blown the cover's blown up and like the metal community loves it mind you and they've like there's like 3,000 duets with it on TikTok, which is insane. And (laughs) 
So now I just like make these like witty replies like every time somebody comments and it's my favorite thing to do. It's my favorite pastime is replying to hate comments. <laughs> that's where you get your self-care. Yeah, that's <laughs> where I get my self-care. I just like laugh, chuckle to myself while I like type a reply with my thumbs. <laughs> yeah, I I do have to say I don't think that this has been brought up on any of my other like interviews. The hate and aggressiveness mm. in social media as a content creator is insane. 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 Like, they're... Okay, I try and put out weekly YouTube videos. They barely get seen. Sure. And, like, I will have, like, a hundred views and, like, it'll still get a hate comment. For Someone sure. will, Somebody like, complain there. out. Yeah. <laughs> like regardless of how big it is someone's yep. gonna make something about it yep. and it just like i i don't get it i legitimately don't get why someone would take their time to write a hate comment yeah i don't know it's, i i don't know it's so strange but yeah i i feel like that's never been talked about on here i i love that you just kind of laugh it off and just like you know have some sort of witty comment because you can't really do anything more about it like what are you gonna do like sit there and teach every person right why <laughs> what they're saying is bad yeah like, yeah let me let me tell you why uh no <laughs> no i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna give them that kind of energy like because they're just gonna reply with another stupid hate comment you know what i mean yeah. like it's not even worth your time or energy and like the main reason i have such a thick skin and why I can reply with witty comments is because I've been doing social media for over a decade guys like I yeah. I've heard I've heard this stuff for over 10 years like I've heard I've been called every name in the book I've been told every like my number one comment right now is does that hurt your throat to scream like that <laughs> uh, if it hurt my throat I wouldn't do it <laughs> like come on and like every time i'm in a live stream like people are like does it hurt your throat it's hard for me to be like no you stupid idiot <laughs> because like i don't want to be mean but like come on like if no no it does not it doesn't hurt my throat to scream i can scream all day as long as i warm up yeah <laughs> People on the internet are just something else, you and know? And can, can we talk about how, like, grammar and, like, spelling has just gone out the window just in the past couple years? Anymore. It's gone. I'm tired of people using the, the what is it, possessive your, like, like you're oh. stupid, Y-O-U-R, not with an yeah. R-E, apostrophe. Like, yeah. did you go to school? <laughs> Do they not have English teachers anymore? What is, what? What is happening? My what? My my what? <laughs> yeah, I've gotten comments where like I can tell that the person is trying to offend me, right. but I don't know what they're getting at. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like this paragraph of text and I'm like trying to read it again and I'm like, "Wait, what? Like yeah. what, what are you saying about me?" I'm like, "Should I be offended?" Or right. like <laughs> Or should I feel bad for you because you don't know how to type correctly exactly <laughs> oh how funny okay so before we wrap this up i have a few quick fire questions let's go i just want to end with so 
Nikon, Canon, Sony, or something else. Started on Canon, love Sony. Yeah. Are you fully Sony now? Uh, I'm Sony body, but I still use like Canon lenses or Sigma lenses or Rokinon lenses. So I okay. mean, lenses are a completely different story. I have like an EF mount on my Sony, so I have all EF lenses. Oh, okay. I don't have Got any it. like Sony native lenses because I didn't want to buy new lenses because I already had lenses. Yes. You know. Well, also, aren't the Sony lenses like insanely expensive. expensive? Yeah. Okay. Describe your photography style in three words. Document fucking everything. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> What's your favorite show you've ever photographed or like filmed? Can I say all of Warp Tour? Sure. Yep. All of Warp Tour. <laughs> I think that passes. Perfect. Uh, do you have any shows on your bucket list that you're like, I definitely want to do something with this band? 30 Seconds to Mars. For sure. Billie Eilish. Okay. I would say Linkin Park, but I don't know if that's going to happen because Chester, Chester is no longer with us. Um, but that was definitely like a dream of mine was shoot Linkin Park. Yeah. Oh, God, that makes me so sad, man. Every time I think about it, I'm like, what? But yeah, yeah uh, 30 Seconds to Mars, Billie Eilish, um, maybe like an EDM show would be cool. I, th I would love to shoot like an EDM show just because of the lights. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the visuals, like super sick. Yeah. Um, photographers that you admire. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Hover Slam Photography for rocket photography eric kuna also rocket photography um seth lawless like i said i talked about him a little bit um mm -hmm. for abandoned uh bryce hall jar um yeah. blake Littell. There, there's so many photographers that i look up to so many good ones out yeah. there adam yeah. omakaius of course like huge huge in the music industry yeah um, and to wrap this all up, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received that you'd love to pass along? Don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Just always ask questions. Like I had an English teacher that told me to always ask why, like always ask questions. You know, I think yeah. that we are often times too afraid to push deeper or dig deeper into things. And I think that we should be more curious. Yeah. yeah great okay well thank you so much Kay for being on my podcast it's such an honor to have this flipped I started out on your podcast and now yeah. you're on mine it's like full circle here uh but before we end this can you quickly shout out where everyone can find you and stalk you on social media for sure. So you can find me at K Inagonio on Instagram. My photography page is at no.tracers. My website is just the letter K.com. On there, you can see most of the things that I create for people, my portfolio. If you want to nice. uh, book a Skype call with me, I give like photography lessons, things like business lessons, whatever you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, and YouTube is youtube.com slash just the letter K or youtube.com slash K the screamer official. And my TikTok is at K the female screamer. 
or my urban exploration TikTok is at no tracers. And I'm sure you'll put links to all these. Yeah. The yep. So. Your the description of your podcast is gonna episode is going to be so long <laughs> because it's like, here's this one and this one yep. and this one. But I, I think that this whole podcast was such a good like testament of like what you do, what people can do in the industry, how they can make it. And like, that there's really like no limits to yeah the amount of stuff you can do like you really can do anything that you set your mind to and like definitely try out all the things because you're hella successful and like your work really like stands out and you do all of the things yeah and just remember guys like I moved to California I moved back to America I didn't know a single person so you can literally do this from zero and build it you just have to put the work in do the work, guys. Do the work. Well, thank you so much, Kay. I appreciated this so much. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you guys in the next week. Bye. Peace.